What's up, Frank? Oh, same old, same old. <laughs> uh, just recovering from yesterday? Yeah. <sighs> what a wild game. Yeah, that was a tough one. And it was so hot. I mean, I went to, <laughs> I went to so many Met games this year. And it was never as hot as it was last yesterday. I was gonna say I saw you. Uh, you said something about you had to chug a bunch of water, and you were you weren't feeling too hot after the game. I was. I had to dry heaves after the game. Oh god! <laughs> you got you got to sit in the shade next time, Frank. Yeah, there is no have... shade at that damn stadium. <laughs> That's why it sucks. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode one of Allow Me to Be Frank. My name's Brendan Toom. I'll be your host of this podcast every week. We're looking for feedback, so don't hesitate to reach out. I'm on Twitter, at Too Much Tuma, as well as I'll be on the Barstool Reddit page. I'll be posting these to start out. Tonight, we're also joined by our producer, Sora Hume, who you may recognize from our Blog Life podcast, where we interview various Barstool personalities on their path to the site and what it's like to work there. Sora, how are we doing tonight? Doing awesome. Excited for our first episode, ready to go. So one of those podcasts that Sawyer and I did featured the man you all uh, tuned in to listen to today. He can be found on Twitter, at NJTank99. He's the creator of SportsEcyclopedia.com. He writes the series On This Date in Sports for Barstool, and he has his own nightly vlog where he posts to the site, as well as YouTube. So uh, we'll get into some more housekeeping type stuff if we go, but... Again, the background to this podcast is pretty simple. Uh, really, Sawyer and I think Frank just needs a bigger platform, and we want to give that to him. Uh, our podcast, we can be found on Twitter, at FrankTheTankPod, and we'll also be on iTunes and probably SoundCloud. And so if you want to subscribe, give us a rating, help out your guy Frank, everyone. Uh, so with that, we can get into things. We've got a bunch of segments lined up for today, but we'll kick it off with our opening thoughts. This is where... Frank and I are going to have free reign to discuss whatever on our mind in the world of sports and before we get into some bigger topics for the day. So, Frank, kick us off. Uh, you were at the Dolphins-Jets game yesterday. How'd that go? Not good. Not good at all. Uh, you know, I-, I suffered through a Mets season that was an absolute, total, complete annihilation nightmare. <laughs> Seventh layer of hell. <laughs> and I felt that all in yesterday's game. The Dolphins looked like they were throwing the game as badly as they played. There was one point where they had three, three straight pl- plays where they jumped off sides. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what happened when your quarterback says you don't need to be in shape to play the position. And uh, I watched how he hands off the football. He's handing off the ball in such a way where it, it, the uh, Jay Ajayi almost had to run around him to get a re- to start his run, and by the time he starts running around him. You have jet, uh, Jets in the backfield. I mean, uh, and then he, every pass he seemed to throw was off target. He's throwing balls to people wide open at their knees. And then whenever the Dolphins finally started getting open, they started dropping the damn ball. I mean, it, and their defense on the field so long, by the time this, the end of the second quarter came, they were already tired in the blazing sun. These are on the field, and the Dolphins couldn't get to the 50 until, like, the end of the third quarter. I mean, they could not have possibly in any way played worse. 
Uh, yeah, that was, I'm going to be honest. I, I was watching Red Zone, so I didn't ca- they didn't show like a lot of that game. But uh, but it was just weird. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people took Dolph, the Dolphins and Survivor Pools. Uh, disappointing day for the Dolphins, but a huge week for the NFL. Uh, I mean, uh, Frank, tell me if you agree with me on this, but we saw, probably saw the two best quarterbacks in the game right now, Brady and Rodgers. They both executed uh, incredible come-from-behind victories. Uh for Brady, I mean, the thing that stood out to me when we're hearing about this a lot, like that, they're playing differently this year. You know, this isn't Edelman and Amendola and Gronk all over the middle, short passes. Uh, I have a stat here that last year on 17% of Brady's throws traveled 15 yards or farther. And so far this year, it's up to 30%. Obviously, Brandon Cooks is a huge addition for that. But yesterday to me confirmed that the Pats are still the best team in the league. Um, Roger showed why you can never count it a great quarterback. What, what did you think of those performances, Frank? Uh, the one thing I come for you from the Patriots is I'd definitely be concerned about their defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I am a Pats fan, so I'm biased, but like this happens like every year. Like Belichick has talked about, he uses September as uh, like a, almost like extended preseason. The, the defense always improves as the year goes on, but I'll, I'll agree, it's not an elite unit or anything. Yeah, I mean, he made the passes, he made the plays. That's just that he's clutched. That's. You think Bill O'Brien should have gone for it on fourth down instead of kicked the field goal at the end? No, I think he did everything right. Really? You got a chance to beat the Pats in Foxborough. I don't know. You got. You just got to get one yard. Game's over. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. you don't expect Brady to march down the field the way he did. Well, you see, you go up by five points. You got to give yourself a chance. That You got to rely on your defense to make some plays. That's true. You got JJ Watt, Watt, uh, Merciless uh, Wiley, and uh, Jadavon Clowney. You expect to make those plays. Mm -hmm. Um, What else stood out to you from the NFL yesterday? You're a New York guy, though, so the Giants, um, they ended up losing by three. The Falcons Lions game was good. Seahawks Titans was good. Well, I I know one thing Giants fans are kind of pissed off right now. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is really uh, is starting to piss away uh, all the goodwill in New York. Uh, and uh, Bob McAdoo, I mean, um, Ben McAdoo, I should say Ben McAdoo, not Bob McAdoo, Ben McAdoo. This guy is starting to, it's starting to look like this guy has, is an empty suit. I mean, the guy looks like he has, he's got this slick back here. He, he really looks like he, he's absolutely clueless and brainless. I mean, after the game, he says, oh, I didn't have any problem with uh, Odell Beckham doing a celebration, but he criticizes Eli when his offensive line is bad. You know, Eric Flowers has been so bad on the offensive line. You could, it, it would be actually better if you put a vase on the offensive <laughs> line of Flowers. And it, it, it's appropriate his name is Flowers. Because you're going to need Flowers for Eli's grave if you keep playing him in the left tackle position. I mean, Eric Flowers is so bad. He actually, it's like he's a revolving door. That's what he looks like. It looks like the offense, it looks like the defenders are going through a revolving door and spinning him around. The only problem is that a revolving door might actually be better than Eric Flowers. Uh, so yesterday you were obviously at the Dolphins-Jets game, but what's, what's your typical like Sunday routine like for football? Uh, are you a red zone guy? You like red to just zone focus guy. On one, red zone guy. Yeah. I, I was anti-red zone for so many years, like converted a couple couple years ago, and I just 
Uh, does anyone still watch like just a single NFL game? I think everyone's red zone at this point. Uh, I know some people do. Uh, they 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 don't like the red zone. But then again, my my father hates the red zone. He thinks yeah. it's terrible. But then again, he hates anything with technology. He 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 literally won't won't touch a computer because he thinks it's it's evil. Uh, he thinks anything. He he doesn't want a. a it, it took him uh, took him up until two years ago to tell him to get an HDTV because he didn't because he thought that the analog was better because the digital is sending out uh, signals to wash your brain. Uh, come on, he's got to support. He's got to support the site, though. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Uh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't touch a computer. <laughs> All right, uh, well, let's transition to baseball. Uh... Well, I guess not too much happened over the weekend. The big story today was Yankees playing in a day game, and Aaron Judge uh, tied Mark McGuire for the single-season rookie homer record, and he ended up breaking him with number 50. Uh, is, is there a lot to talk about here, Frank? Here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. I mean, he had a bad six-week stretch after the All-Star break. Really had a bad, terrible August. But he's really bounced back in September, and uh, – He's got to get serious consideration for MVP in the American League. Uh, I would, I would agree. He's like he's like all the way back to it. This is like he's performing as well as he was for the first few months yeah. of the year. And I mean, as a non, as a I'm a Red Sox fan, which for you know another team that ail besides the Yankees, it's it's pretty terrifying. Not gonna lie, because I thought I thought the slump kind of broke him, and the fact that he showed like he'll be able to bounce back from that again in the future, uh, I I would I would say that's all you needed to see from him. He had two home runs yesterday. He had two home runs today. What can you say? Um, there was a post on Fangraphs today. According to Fangraphs, the, their formula for wins above replacement, Judge is having the fifth best rookie season since 1900. Uh, so that kind of puts into perspective the company he's been in. You know, um, I hate that stat. War? Yes. I've always, I've, I've always had the, uh, the Edward, Edward Starr approach to that stat. You know what that is? What? War. What <laughs> is it good for? Absolutely nothing. How do they even calculate war? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty honest. I don't know how they calculate it. Uh, Here's the stats I like. I like the stats. I think wins, wins per pitcher is an important stat. I don't think quality starts. I think quality starts. By my ass, quality start. Seven innings. <laughs> what? Are you allowed three runs? That's not a quality start. If your yeah. team allowed, if you scores one run, that's a loss. That's not a quality start. Saves. Uh, that's a quality start. Uh, Both don't saves is a start. Is a stat. Then you got home runs. My favorite stat: the RBI. And Do not say RBI. You can't, Frank. It's 2017. You can't say RBIs are still a relevant stat. If you hit third or fourth, you're naturally going to get more RBI chances than a leadoff hitter. I watched the Mets team a couple of years ago that batted 200 for runners in scoring position. Don't tell me RBIs aren't important. I mean, I mean, driving in runs is, of course, important. But, like, it's, someone like Joey Votto, who plays on the Reds with nothing around him, is never going to have the chance to drive in runs the way well, Aaron Judge that's, that's just unfortunate for Joey Votto, but... And you know he's a good player. You know he's a good player because he puts up the home runs. He puts up the RBIs. He leads his team in RBIs. He's still 
gets a lot of RBIs despite he does the lack of opportunities. But uh, you don't know what's going to happen if he goes to another team. He might be a guy who chokes in the clutch. Yeah. Well, I agree with you that the war that war is not like the end all be all. I hate the stat nerds that say, well, he had the best Washington win MVP. I agree with you. Uh, what else for baseball is going on right now? It's kind of going to be a slow week leading up to the playoffs, it feels like. Uh, yeah, doesn't not a lot of great races. Uh, the Cubs, unless they really collapse, are going to win the Central. The, uh, the thing that's going to be down to is the uh, second wildcard spot in the National League because the Twins pretty much got the second wildcard in the American League sewn up, too. Uh, yep, the, the Cubs are interesting just because, like, is it just me? Like, we're not talking about the Cubs at all. And last year, I mean, they were the only, like, we were talking dynasty and, you know, winning three out of four or anything, something like that. I, th- I think people are sleeping on the Cubs a little bit, but Stanton going for 60. He's at 57 right now. Uh, the one note about that, though, is he's got three games at Coors Field this week, uh, which should obviously help his total. Syndergaard uh, pitch. It'd be interesting to see if he ends up with 61, 62. Yeah. Do you uh would you consider that the record? No. Me neither. You know, uh, like it or not, the record seventy three by Barry Bonds. Now you could put instead you could put an asterisk on there, aided by steroids, but that's the record. I think you know, people forget this. How many pitchers were on steroids that true. he faced? Clemens. How many players I think that at least half the league was using steroids. At least half the league. That's why I don't think anyone should be punished beyond any any type of suspension they get now. I think it's ridiculous. I think baseball, these high and mighty now writers, I'm not going to vote for him for the Hall of Fame. It's just a bunch of bullshit. I think that we should have Clemens in the Hall of Fame. I think Mark McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. And honestly, the Hall of Fame is not complete until they're in there. Uh, the one thing about Stan that I'm surprised not more people are addressing is, you've seen the stat that like the most homers ever hit in a season were hit in baseball this year? Like, Wouldn't that inflate Stanton's number of 60? And like make it, not that it's not like the real record, but that's like seems like... More homers are hit now, even more than the steroid era, so that seems like an advantage for him. You know, the, like you lot- know what it is, is they, they screwed up the baseballs. They tightened the baseball, and the, the height on it is uh, the kind of rough and coarse. So pitchers yep. have had trouble gripping the ball early in the year. How many how many blisters did pitchers come down with early in the year? Yeah, like Marcus Stroman was trying to talk about it, but they kind of like brushed it under the rug. No, the baseballs were completely different this year. They were made differently. Now, the question becomes, was that intentional by MLB or Rawlings or whoever makes the balls? Uh, of course it was. <laughs> they knew that lowering the seams were going to address or lead to more homers. By the way, you know, it's funny that Aaron Judge broke a record today. Why? Well, the last time I remembered him talking about the baseball being jacked up mm-hmm. was 1987. That was the year Mark okay. McGuire hit 49 home runs. Oh, interesting, actually. I hadn't heard that yet. Oh, I guess, well, you guys are younger than me. But did I uh, remember yeah. the 1987 season, there was like a, a, a big leap in home runs. Keep in mind, in 1980s, nobody hit 50 home runs. Nope. And that year, 
uh, McGuire hit 49, and Andre Dawson hit 49. That was as close as anyone came in the 80s. You have more people hitting 40 home runs. You, that was the first time ever that two teammates had 30-30 seasons, and that was on the Mets with Darryl Strawberry and Howard Johnson. Mm. Uh, you had uh, Wade Boggs, who wasn't a home run hitter. That year, I think he hit like 26 home runs. It was his uh, an outburst in home runs. Don Mattingly that year had uh, became just the second player ever to have home runs in eight consecutive days. He had that year. He also set the record for six grand slams in a season. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't heard more about that actor. That's a good point. The, uh, uh, the yeah, 1987 season. There was like a 50 percent jump in homers from '86, and then '88 it went back down again. So maybe that means it'll go back down next year. But yeah, this did this the uh, jump up in home runs this year reminds me a lot of the '87 season. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Judge was a big story in baseball today. Mm, there's some games going on right now. Like we said, the pennant races aren't too exciting. I guess we'll have more baseball talk next week. Um, yeah, next week we could do uh, definitely do the uh, wild card preview and the and then the division series previews. Yep, that would be awesome because you and I are baseballs are both are you know like number one sports. End of next week is starting the hockey season, although, God, you know, this, the hockey hockey is such a strange sport. It's a great sport, way. but it's a great sport, but, you know, at the beginning of the season, it's like nobody cares about it. It's like they, they play the first month in, in virtual anonymity, and in November, <laughs> then you can, start, you can really start caring about hockey. By then, everyone's played about the eight to ten games, so. <laughs> but, and this year, there's no Olympic break. Which kind of sucks because I love seeing the players playing Olympics. Although uh, right now Gary uh, Batman wants to take the NFL is upset that the NHL is not going to be shown on NHL Sports Network during the uh, during the Olympics. So he's t- thinking about uh, taking away the contract and putting them on uh, another ca- another channel that's like nobody uh, watches. It's called uh, BN. B-E-I-N, the BN Network, <laughs> because Gary Bevin is just such a genius when it comes to uh, marketing, promoting his sport. That's why he took them out of the Olympics, because every four years, the Olympic, every four years that the NHL players go to the Olympics, it only does more to attract fans to the sport, but nope. I mean, Gary Bevin might be the only commissioner ever. I, I mean, it, it's like Gary Bevin and Roger Goodell have a, have a contest to see who could be the bigger douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you do gambling this weekend? Have you seen my picks? <laughs> yeah, I knew they were too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of home dogs this week, I guess, was the story. Well, you know what you know what it is, is I I might bet maybe I might put a, a couple of dollars down here and there. Mm-hmm. So I don't I'm not I'm not Craig Carton. You know who Craig Carton is? Uh, no. He was a sports radio talk show host in New York on WFAN with Boomer Esiason. They had mm-hmm. a show for 10 years, exactly 10 years. They celebrated their 10th anniversary the day after Labor Day. A day later, he got arrested by the FBI for running a Ponzi oh, oh, scheme this, yeah, yeah, to yeah. cover uh, $3 million in gambling debts. So he was giving out his picks on air and he was actually Oh, lying. all the time. And his favorite thing was, uh, his favorite saying was, la, 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 lock it up. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's, la, 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 lock him up. (laughs) 
Usually when you said lock it up, if you, if you pick the opposite team, you're going to win. <laughs> that was the move. All right, so we can keep transitioning here. Uh, what do we want to do next? Trivia or Twitter questions? Some questions. That might be good. All right, cool. So, yeah, we tweeted out asking for some Twitter questions. We did get a good number of responses. Um, so, so we'll just go through these. And if you want to expand on them more, you can. If you just want to give a short answer, that's fine, too. All right, yeah. All right, first one, at Nick Burrell 2011. Is Brill O'Brien on the hot seat? Uh, I think he is. Uh, that defense is so good. Well, yesterday it wasn't, but most days it's so good. It's it's ridiculous. Their secondary is kind of kind of struggling, but they got a great front seven. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, he, he looked looks good like, yesterday. He looks good. I think Deshaun Watson's going to be a, a solid quarterback. They got a decent uh, running game. If the Texans in that division is not very good. It's between them and the Titans. If they're not in the playoffs again, if they don't, if they, if they go eight and eight, seven and nine, he's out of there. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say so. At a seven, Spencer, who's your least favorite Yankee of all time? Jeter. No, Roger Clemens. Uh, that's a good one because he's on the rival team and he was so hateable. He, he's not loved in but like. People like I would say most Red Sox fans growing up like probably don't even realize he pitched for the Red Sox. Like we don't honor he, him at all. Well, he's one of the greatest Red Sox of all time. You realize he's the all-time. I think he might be the all-time leading winner for the Boston Red Sox in terms of wins. He won 192 games with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I he think like Tim Cy Wakefield like, might have passed him, but, but yeah, but, not sure. But who might have passed him? Tim Wakefield. He might have. I could be wrong on that. I remember he got close towards the end. I don't think Wakefield won that many games. Because he won a lot of games at Pittsburgh, too. He won, like, uh, 40 games maybe at Pittsburgh before he came to the Red Sox. So I maybe Wakefield got close. But, I mean, if you think about Clemens, he was, he was a dominant pitcher. He was a dominant pitcher for the Red Sox for a decade. 200 wins, but uh, 14 of them came with the Pirates. 14? Yeah. So he had 186? Yeah. yeah. So it was and six short? So he was and close. I think was, and I think Clemens was like 192 with the Red Sox. Sorry, we'll look that up. But yeah, I, I think Clemens' number should be retired by Boston. Oh, it absolutely has uh, to be. It's a crime that it's not. But they he, got Tortiz like, before him. He like, he like, his his departure was so ugly. Yeah, and then to like immediately go and like win Cy Youngs with the Blue Jays the year after having a shitty well, year with. Him. Well, he found a new training regimen with the. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah one, that he did. 192. <laughs> so he beat him. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, all right, next question. And uh, uh, basically, um, and the reason why is this is I'm a big Mike Piazza fan. Uh, and okay. Yeah. The beating and then the bat throwing. I lost a lot of respect for him when he did that. Yep. Just uh, Roy Rage. I, I really wish someone on the Mets – would have taken that bat and shoved it up his ass. <laughs> uh, this is from Brent at Shaky Dough. Frank, how do you dress your perfect hot dog? I take a hot dog out of uh, <laughs> if I if I'm boiling it, if I'm if I'm putting it on the foreman grill, if I'm putting it on a grill, and if I'm or if I'm dropping it in oil, I'm taking the hot dog out, I'm putting it on the bun, and it's done. No, no, no condiments. condiments? 
No condiments whatsoever. Wow, a <laughs> purist. No ketchup relish? Right. No, I might throw, if, I mean, if, if I'm feeling real frisky, I might throw a little salt on it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your preferred way of cooking it? Do you boil? Or do you go grill? Uh, it depends on the type of hot dogs I'm jamming. Homemade hot dogs aren't a thing. Actually, no, I guess you can grill it. What am I saying? If, yeah. I, if, I'm, if, I, if I buy Sabrette hot dogs... Or the natural casing hot dogs, I'll boil them in water. And those are very good in water. Uh, but the way I typically cook them is uh, Rutz Hut style. I drop them in uh, oil and I, uh, and, I bo- and I boil them in oil, sort of you could say. Uh, this next one's from at Mike underscore D818. How does it feel to have gained so much love on Twitter in such a quick span? I still, it's still, it's still baffling to me. It's still like one of the greatest things ever. It's, it's fun. I mean, it's the only thing that's made this year bearable, considering how terrible the Mets were. <laughs> I hear you. You're not great or Stooley. People love you, Frank. At Pinky Brain, if you could go to any sporting event around the world, where would you go? Hmm. I'd, I'd like to see the Mets in the World Series once, but. I don't think that's happening again anytime soon. Uh, uh, 2015? A Super Bowl. Yep. I've never been to a Super Bowl. It'd be awesome. Sawyer went. Yeah, I went to the worst Super Bowl ever, though. What Super Bowl was that? Well, it wasn't the worst ever. I went to uh, the 50-year anniversary one where it was uh, Peyton's last Super Bowl, uh, Broncos, uh, Panthers. It was good. It was just kind of a defensive struggle. I mean, they had it here a couple of years ago, and I just couldn't afford it, and... Uh, that was a good one not to miss because that was the shitty. The Seahawks blew that. Yeah, that, that wasn't. A oh, good that one. was over. That was over two seconds into the game. Yeah, I would say the the kick of the Nets to Sawyer is that he went to the Super Bowl that was between maybe yep. the two greatest with the Pats, Seahawks, and Pats Falcons. Yep, and all <laughs> I wanted to do was see the Patriots in it. You know, with with, you know, I, I I can't stand the Patriots, obviously being a Dolphin fan, but I got to say this: whenever they're in the Super Bowl, it seems like except for. Uh, the, the one uh, in the the one against the Bears and the one against the Packers. Whenever during the Super Bowl, it seems to be a great game. True. Um, all right, we'll go one more. We got at boiling hot takes, and I guess you go a few different ways with this. But it says, "Tell us how the t- tank became the tank." So about yourself. Oh, I guess I was playing football in the backyard one time, and I like blocked a couple of people into each other, and they said there was like a I'm like a I'm like a tank rolling. I'm Frank the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, right, and yeah, so moving forward, uh, Sawyer. Oh, right, yeah, moving forward, like we'll reach out more uh, to send in questions, and both yeah. Frank and I will tweet something out looking for more. Uh, hit us with anything. Like We want to say like anything goes with these questions. So sports-related, pop-culture-related, random food ones, like the hot dog question, we'll, we'll tackle anything here. So next, Sawyer, you want to hit us with some trivia? Yeah. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. All right. This past Sunday, Tom Brady threw five touchdown passes. Who was the only other QB in his 40s to throw five touchdown passes in a game? Five? Nope. George Blanda. No. All right. One more, <laughs> guess, at, one more guess a piece. I'll, I'll give you the Steve DeBerg. No. Here, I'll let you uh, No, no, no hint. No hint. Johnny no. Unitas. No. I don't know. All right. Who was it? Elway? Nope. Come on, Frank. You got this. 97. 
Who's a 40-year-old quarterback in 97? You know, I'm drawing a blank. It was Warren Moon. Uh, you know, I, I forgot Warren Moon played that long. Come on, Frank. Be better than that. All right. <laughs> uh, last week, CC Sabathia earned his 2,833rd career strikeout. Which moved him to third all time on the lefty strikeout list. Who is one and two? Uh, Steve Fulton, Randy Johnson. Boom! Nailed it. Shit! I knew, I knew Randy Johnson, obviously. Carlton on the all time strikeout list. He's... Don't laugh, Tuma. Don't laugh, Tuma. <laughs> Guess what? In eighties, in the mid eighties, Nolan Ryan and Steve Carlton were neck and neck. Nolan Ryan and uh, Steve Carlton were neck and neck. Carlton really? broke the record. Nolan Ryan would break the record. It was like they were neck and neck. They both passed Randy Johnson's all-time record in 1983. And for like the next two year, the next year, they were neck and neck. And then Steve Carlton's career tailed off in '85, and uh, Nolan Ryan zoomed past him. But Steve Carlton pitched uh, had 4,000 strikeouts. He uh, was the second player when Steve Carlton retired. He was number two in strikeouts. Wow. Behind just Nolan uh, Ryan. Right? I'll, I'll, have to look into, I'll have to look into it more. Dropping knowledge. But uh, yeah, they were at one time neck and neck. Fight. One will break the record. One will the all-time record week, and the other one will go past him. Like the 83-84 season, they were like neck and neck. All right, ready? Question three. So, one nothing, Frank. Who was the last player in the MLB to hit 58 home runs in a season, and what year was it? Ryan Howard, 2006. Oh, 1-1. All right, uh, fourth question. There you go, Frankie. There are only two players from the same team in the top 10 in receiving yards this season. Who are they? Two players from the same team in the top 10 in receiving yards? Yep. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Nope. Uh, I'm trying to think of another Steeler. Uh, Bryant and Brown Steelers. Nope. Oh, I got it. You got it? Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yep, there you go. All right, 2-1, Brendan. What active player has the most 200K seasons? Uh, Clayton Kershaw. No. Uh, Max Scherzer. No. Sale? No. Can't keep guessing, Frank. Active player that's got 200 strikeouts. Uh, most CC Sabathia. No. Nope. It's Verlander. Verlander has seven. Then Scherzer, Kershaw, Hernandez, Grinky have six. Sale Price, Samuels have five. I forgot Felix Hernandez existed. Uh, All right, last question. This is just you either pretty much know it or you don't. Uh, The longest touchdown this season. Oh, was that uh, Roy for the uh, Broncos, the uh, run back? Oh, I didn't think about that. I was thinking offense. Offensive touchdown. It was the interception return. That was like 104 yards. <laughs> I take it back. Offensive touchdown. Ah, uh, shit. I don't know. I don't know that one either. It was a tight end. There's Austin Hooper. Yep. I think it was 2 1, Brendan, right? You got. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, Frank. We need to be better next time. Oh, I wasn't that bad. I mean, jeez. Uh, you got the hardest. Two questions we missed. You got the hardest question. Brendan got the, the easy ones. See, the problem is this. When you're older, you remember things from the past easier than you remember things that are going on right now. That's true. That's true. 
So we'll sprinkle in some old questions. I like I do like to fancy myself a bit of a baseball historian. Um, but I mean, clearly, I mean, if I didn't know the Steve Carlton one, like I still got some work to do. Um, but overall, those were good questions. Yeah, definitely sprinkle in some more past ones. You know what? You know, dude, my favorite part, my favorite stat is uh, Steve Carlton is the 1972 season. Yep. He won 27 games. And a Cy Young in Philadelphia on a Phillies team that won like 57 games. Yeah, but how much war was that worth? <laughs> I think that war was probably off the charts considering how bad the Phillies were that year. <laughs> uh, do you want to do any on this date? Do you want to do like a, week, a look ahead? Well, speaking of great pitchers and strikeouts, I have one involving Nolan Ryan coming up tomorrow. What's that? Uh, his fifth no-hitter. How many did he throw? Seven. Jesus. <laughs> how, do you, uh, how do you do the on this date's, Frank? Do you, like, is it something you just, like, Google this date and then and find uh, I have an I have a calendar, and then I have a number of things I look at to see uh, a number of other sites that have, like, uh, events history, and then I'll write my own piece on it. How how long have you been doing it for? For as long as the encyclopedia has been a thing? No, not since the beginning. I started doing on this date maybe 2003, 2004. Still a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nolan Ryan, can you? How is someone able? When you think if you didn't know much about baseball and someone was telling you about Nolan Ryan and how he had the most strikeouts ever. What did you think that naturally the most strikeouts ever would have made him the best pitcher ever? But like, he's not. No, his he ERA, won 292 games. Uh, yeah, no one cares about wins and losses, though. He, but like, his ERA wasn't like, no, compared his ERA to wasn't, other time great. His ERA wasn't, wasn't off the charts. It was uh, respectable. He had a lot of walks. He, he also was the all-time leader in the Oh, walks. that's the thing. Yeah, you're right. That's what it is. Son. When he was at the Mets, he, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn at times. <laughs> yeah, he played for a shitload of teams, too, which is weird. No, he only played for four. Whose hat does he wear in the hall? The Rangers? I think it is the Rangers, which is kind of screwy. He shouldn't be as a Ranger. I would think of him more as an Astro or an Angel. I gotcha. Not a Met? <laughs> No, not a Met, but he got his one World Series ring with the Mets. What year? 86? 69. Oh. He was a 1969 Met. In fact, in uh, the uh, when they won the National League Championship Series, he was on the mound. He won game three, I believe, when they swept the Braves. So uh, he was young then? Yeah, he came up with the Mets. He uh, made his debut in 1966 as a 19-year-old. He was um, pitching. So he didn't pitch in '67. He was in the minors the whole year. But him and Kuzman were both rookies in '68. Uh, His second full season in the majors was '69. He got a uh, save. Uh, he got. He, he didn't start any World Series games in '69, but he uh, got the save in Game Three. He pitched like uh, four innings uh, in that that game. But, uh, when they uh, they wondered, they split the first two in Baltimore. And in Game Three, they beat the uh, Orioles like five nothing or something like that. And Tommy Agee was making ca- catches like you wouldn't believe in the outfield. And uh, Nolan Ryan uh, pitched the uh, close that game out. Yeah, uh, I'd say what's remarkable about Ryan was like he was able to do it for so 
long and like throwing max effort because he threw like 100 miles per hour when not a lot of guys did. And um, uh, uh, have note, he pitched every day. Uh, there was no baiting his arm, and he uh, never had short, never I, he never really had any arm issues. Never had any yeah, injuries. He had blister problems at one time. Uh, uh, that was famous with the Mets. The Mets traded him for Jim Fergrossi, one of the worst trades ever. Uh, then he, uh, <laughs> his career took off in California. He never won a Cy Young. Uh, yeah, that's, that's also one year of the Angels. Good. He had one year of the Angels. He finished second Cy Young voting. He uh, broke the record for 383 strikeouts in a season. Jeez. Everyone talks about Chris Sale's 301 strikeouts last week. How did Nolan Ryan struck out 383 batters in 73, and he had two no hitters? <laughs> yeah, that seems Cy Young worthy. Uh, they gave it to Jim Palmer that year. Okay, understandable. You know what that uh, was? East Coast bias. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and and Jim Palmer always got things. I mean, this is a guy. He won three Cy Youngs. <laughs> he 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 was an underwear model in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> he pitched for the Orioles. Orioles kept winning the Eastern Division. Early. Orioles won the Eastern Division like five times in six years. <laughs> so he was like the uh, the the like the, uh, the the guy the guy everyone always went to. He became an announcer after his career ended. Are you saying he's overrated? He's a Hall of Famer. He's a good pitcher, but I think Nolan Ryan probably deserved a Cy Young that year. And then I'm torn in between what to do for uh, this one. There's two events on uh, October first. All right. Well, maybe we can decide. The Rockies winning the one-game playoff against the uh, Padres in 2007. Actually an incredible game. Now, you might be biased on this one. Red Sox? 67, last game of the season. They win the pennant. Ends up winning the Triple Crown. Yeah, I've, I've read – wait, that was the game. It was against the Twins. I don't know why I know that, but I'm pretty sure it was like a day game against the Twins. Yeah, last game of the season. I don't know if it was against the Twins or the Tigers, but the Twins uh, – the, the, the Twins lost also that day, and it was like a – they had a, they were both tied going into the last game of the season. The Red Sox won their game. Twins lost their game. Yeah, I think the people that – like, I've read books on that season. Like, got, people that were around for that year, say, like, 67 was just – for Boston, like, you know, just one of the best season ever. People it, cha- it changed the course of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. And just the I way – Yastrzemski and – they basically because of Yorkies racism. Yeah. Uh, fun really fact about the dumps for a long time. Fun fact about your Stramsey's triple crown that year. I'm pretty sure he had only like it was either three hundred or three hundred one to like win the batting title, which yeah, enabled him to win the triple crown. But it was like a really low batting. Sixty-seven, sixty-eight pitching dominated. Yep. Um, but yeah, once again, triple crowns are bullshit because RBIs are stupid. RBI uh, is one of my favorite stat. When I look for three stars, <laughs> when I look for three stars every night, you know what I look for? You know what the first stat I look at is? Uh, RBIs. That quality you know stars. what stat was my favorite stat growing up and nobody talks about it anymore? Game winning RBIs. <laughs> I remember 1985 season. Keith Hernandez broke the record 
for 24 game winning RBIs in a season. Anyways, uh, we'll get we'll see what Sawyer can come up with with this. We'll see if it, we can turn it into an actual episode or if we just make you know like one or two teaser videos. We we did. I talked to a couple guys on Reddit who like made some logos for us. One of them is like a baseball with like your face on it, or not like your face, but it's like. Um, we're still looking for that and then like an intro song, I guess. So if anyone's out there listening, uh, definitely hit us with, uh, if you want to come up with a logo design for us or an idea for like an intro song. <laughs> Remember that scene in, uh, Apocalypse Now? Uh, no. see that movie? Never seen uh, it. You got to see the movie. It's classic. It's tough for, like, kids our age to watch old movies just because, like, the quality is so terrible. Well, this was a, this was a 79. It's not that old. That's pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Rocky movies are the only 70s movies worth watching. But we'll get that. What about Star Wars? Uh, no. I when, I've never seen the original Star Wars. I've seen all the new ones that have come out. And I was like, oh, I like these. I should watch the originals. It's too bad. It's horrible to watch. If you grew up on it, I get it. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I mean, the seventies might have been the best best decade for movies. You got the Godfather's, the first two movies. You got yep, Jaws. Anything Rock. without special effects is good. It's just the special effects suck compared to now, so it's tough yeah, to watch. Got, uh, incredible. You acting. got the uh, the first Superman movie. You got uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I'll give you the Godfather. That's that's fine. Anything else? Yeah, Godfather yeah. and Godfather Part 2. Um, but keep in mind, oh. without Star Wars, none of these special effects movies would have ever been able to be made. True. And, um, yeah, we get into movies from other time. I've seen a lot of 80s movies that I'm down to talk about. But, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that, like, that audio quality, and I'll figure something out. I mean, out uh, what Apocalypse up. Now is is a, is a war movie, a Vietnam War movie. And it's got this great line. Robert Duvall, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, this was awesome. Glad we could get one in us. And I'm looking forward to doing these uh, for the foreseeable future. Sounds good. All right, have a good one, Frank. All right. Bye. Later, Frank.